Let us look to the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this day, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you for this opportunity, another opportunity that we have, Lord God, as we have entered in this place and that we have been surrounded by your presence through the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Thanking you, Lord God, for such an encounter, Lord God. And my prayer for each and every one of us, Lord God, that is, is that we don't take this moment, this time, this hour for granted, Lord God, but that as we have this experience with the Holy Spirit in your presence, Lord God, Lord God, that, it will, that we will just take it in, Lord God, that it, it will accomplish that which you sent it from heaven to accomplish, Lord God that it begins to change us, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, that it begins to rearrange some things in our lives, oh Lord God, your presence, that we will never be the same, Lord. Let every encounter that we have with you, Lord God, change us in such a way, Lord God. Let us see the value in it, that we can't stay the same. That it does just like what, we, what your word says and what we sung earlier. That, that it's your love that, that draws us closer. That it draws us closer unto you, O oh God. And the closer we get to you, Lord God, the more and the more we, we change from the ways of this world. And we are conformed into the image of your son, O oh God. Thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the work that you're doing, Lord God. And let it be known this day unto every ear that has an ear to hear, Lord God, that this is your work that you desire for each and every one of us. From the depths of our hearts to the bottom of our souls, Lord God, that you be saturated in every part of our being, O God that then and only then that as it says in the book of Acts that, that the spirit then can live, move and have its being within us. Within us, Lord God. So right now, Lord God, by your word, speak to our hearts. Let every soul right now, Lord God, that's under the sound of your anointing, Lord God, calm itself in your presence, Lord God. Turn and tune its heart unto you, Lord God, forgetting those things of yesterday, even earlier today, forgetting everything and setting everything aside, Lord God, and having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church, that we may receive your word, Lord God, your truth, Lord God, and that it may accomplish what you have set it out to accomplish, Lord God. You have set some special things to accomplish in hearts today, Lord God. Let us receive it in the name of Jesus. In all this in agreement, let us hear you say amen, amen, amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and this is a passage of scripture, my friends, that, uh, is, that we all familiar with. 
That's one thing about God and how good he is. He's been speaking to us uh, lately from passages of scriptures that ain't foreign to us, but that we familiar with. Glory be to God. But God wants to speak to us in his way today. No matter how familiar we are, he want, he, there's a word from the Lord and he wants us to have the ear to hear what he has to say, even in the familiar text. Amen. So we are talking about Ephesians chapter 6 on this morning. And some of you already know where we're going to begin. At verse 13 is our text verse and then I'll uh, actually come back from there. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 is where we're going to start at. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 is where we're going to start at. And yes, we are talking about the whole armor of God. Amen. See, some of y'all familiar with this. It says, therefore, somebody say, therefore. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, somebody say withstand, in the day of evil and have done, and having done all to stand. Verse 14 says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shown your foot or your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, my friend, for all the saints and he Paul as he spoke to the Ephesians and he did not exclude himself and he says and for me and what did he ask them to pray for him that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel come on somebody today the Lord wants to speak to us about putting on the whole armor of God. If we have the title to the message today, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, in the natural, uh, I look out even over the audience today and, and, and all of you guys, it ain't one somebody that ain't fully dressed and, and all of you guys are looking really beautiful on today. In there, some more than others. No, I'm just joking about that. We, you know, but we are dressed up. But spiritually, so that's a natural thing, but spiritually God wants to speak to us about a spiritual dress up this morning. And today the title of the message is Get Dressed. It's time to get dressed, my friend. Some, somebody ought to tell, you, not your neighbor, but tell yourself, get dressed. It's time to get dressed, my friends. And I want to have you understand and make no mistake about it, whether you are aware of it or not. All Christians engage 
in a very real spiritual battle between the two oppositions or the two opposing kingdoms. And uh, those least of, in the knowing is usually the first as casualties. Come on, somebody. Thankfully, Paul here provided believers with a self-defense course in Ephesians chapter 6. And in Jesus himself equips us, come on somebody, all of us, he equips us with the six dimensions of our spiritual armor. He is our truth, number one. He is, I'm talking about Jesus has, is equipping us with all the dimensions that we need as our spiritual armor. Somebody needs to get dressed today and we need to do it by understanding that Jesus is our truth. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus, number three, is our peace. And the object of our faith, Jesus is the object of our faith, and Jesus is the source of our salvation and the living word of God. Jesus is the living word of God, my friends. When we put on Jesus, as Romans chapter 13, verse 14 talks about, then we are protected by the only person Satan has not defeated. Come on, somebody don't hear me today. God wants to speak to our hearts, and this ain't some usual uh, uh, dynamic that he wants to speak to us from putting on the whole armor of God. There's some real essence, and we need to get this, my friend, because in putting on the full armor of God, and, which is putting on Christ Jesus, as Romans chapter 13 describes it, then what we are putting on is the uh, protection. Somebody say protection. And it's the only protection that has not been defeated by the enemy already. Usually the armor of a Roman soldier, uh, he, he uses the armor here of the Roman soldier as a model. And the Apostle Paul describes how the Christians can stand strong in the midst of every presence, evil presence, the ones that are unseen in every spiritual warfare or battle that's going on. And the way that we do that is we want to take a look at the, the six things that he describes here. Five being um, def uh, defense uh, weapons or armor. And only one, the last one that we'll talk about is the only offensive armor that he is giving us. But before we do that, I want you to back up to verse 10 so we can really get the foundation of what is being said here. In verse 10 of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, my brethren, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. See somebody, we need to know why it's essential to put on the whole armor of God. It says in this word finally here, let me just start by saying this. This is not talking about, yo, finally can be used as, as, as a, a word that draws the, this, the end or the conclusion of the matter. Here, finally, is not talking about the conclusion of the matter, but it's talking about coming to a sense of the matter for the rest of our stay here, for the rest of our time. So he's saying, come to, this, uh, to, to the sense of the matter that putting on the whole armor of God for the rest of your time here is gonna do you, uh, come on somebody. It's gonna do you in such a way that we need to be done. So it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then we come to verse 13 again. He says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. See, we need the whole armor of God, my friends, because there is, we are in the midst of spiritual warfare and a spiritual battle, whether you realize it or not. And in order to endure or to stand in the midst of what is going on, whether you realize it or not. See, some of us will just bury our head or we want to put our head in the sand as though none of this is happening. But in the world that we live in, there is an enemy and there is the God that we serve and there is a war going on, my friend. And we, as the soldiers of the Lord, See, I remember the song that my mom and them used to sing, uh, that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. See, as a believer, then I don't know, you might not assign your enlistment papers like you do when you go to the U.S. Army, but my friend, when you signed up and you got your reservation in eternity, you became enlisted in the army of the Lord. And as an enlisted man in the army of the Lord, then you are in the midst of war, the warfare that's going on. Come on, somebody. Christians live in a spiritual war zone where the enemy, Satan, uses many tactics in his attempt to defeat them, which in, a, in other words, it, the word defeat here really means distract, in an in a effort to distract them. Those tactics are evidence of some of the Descriptions of Satan that the Bible describes Satan to be. One, the Bible describes him as a deceiver. In Revelations chapter 12, the Bible also describes Satan as a murderer. In John chapter 14, verse 44, the Bible describes him as a tempter. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, the Bible describes him also in John 8, 44 as a liar. The Bible also describes him as an accuser of the brethren in Revelations chapter 12. The Bible also describes him or the word of God describes him as the wicked one in 1 John chapter 5 verse 19. See, in, in Satan, in, in who he is, he uses all of these tactics to distract us. I'm talking about the children of God. He uses these, uh, all of these Tactics of who he is to dis distract us as children of God. <clears throat> Why do I say distract even more than defeat? Because he cannot defeat us. And matter of fact, uh, if you understand truly what is happening here when the enemy is coming against a, a saved uh, believer or a child of the Most High God, then he knows what Jesus said in John chapter 10, that, that uh, he can't even snatch you out of his hand. So why is he coming against us as the children of the Most High God? It's not to defeat us, but it's to distract us. Because in a distraction, if he can distract us and if he can keep you off a of course, 
okay? If he can keep you from allowing your light to shine, come on somebody. And see, and that's the whole reason why we have to uh, put on the whole armor of God because putting on the whole armor of God is also described in, in, in the book of Romans as, the, uh, as putting on uh, the armor of light. See, Satan's job is, uh, to, is to distract you uh, it, that your light may not shine, that your light can be dimmed. Come on, somebody. See, because he knows that he cannot pull you from over uh, out of the circle uh, uh, in Christ. and bring, He can't pull you out of Christ. But what he can do is he can dim your light from shining out of that circle that somebody on his side already won't be attracted by the light. See, Satan is not trying to steal your salvation. He's trying to keep those that don't have salvation on his side. And what's, what, what, uh, what, what steals from him is the light of, uh, of the Lord that's in our lives. We need to understand that before you go any further. Because some of us has been, this is a, a part of putting the whole armor. All of this stuff is a big part of understanding the armor that God has given us and putting it on and wearing it full time. And not part-time. Yo, in there, because there's some real security when God begins, when you become a soldier in his army and he begins to pass you out your equipment, there's some real security that comes with that, my friends. In there. That you can count on. And this is what we're going to be talking about. But there's some understanding that needs to be shed abroad upon us. That we need to be able to, as believers, that will give us the truth that allow us to walk in that truth, which gives us the confidence for the time of the rest of our stay here. Just follow with me and you'll see this very clearly. We as believers, Satan wants to distract you and he used the, the cares of life. He'll use your health your finances, and every form of monkey business that he can present to you to get you bound by uh, your circumstances. Because when you are bound by your circumstances, then guess what stops shining? Your light. And when your light stops shining, guess what? Uh, why he's happy about that? It's because one that's on his side cannot begin to see that coworker uh, that that uh, that God is wanting to use your light to shine to that he can see. Because when the light shines, guess what? Uh, we sung it today. It's, it's, it's the, the light is the same representation of love. And when God's love go out, then guess what it does? It draws us. And just like it draws you, it will draw those that are lost unto. Uh, uh, to him. And whether we realize it or not, uh, the whole purpose of our stay here now that we are the redeemed of the Lord is to let our light shine, that somebody may get to know or come to know who, not you, but to come to know him. And with the guarantee of our reservation that First Peter talks about, talking about a guarantee of your reservation. And with that guarantee of your reservation, then we ought to have the peace that comes with the guarantee, uh, the confidence that comes with the guarantee. And this is, the, is why we need the armor. The first part of the armor that we need is the truth, the belt of truth. See, a soldier that served in the army, uh, you know, in the Roman times, as a foundation, they used the belt. And that belt held the sword and the breastplate in place. 
And spiritually, because Satan is the father of lies, he cannot stand against the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus said in John chapter 14 that I am the way, the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, but he is the truth. And what truth is he? He's the truth that, uh, of, of the fact that God has sent him and that he is the one that satisfied God's righteous demand for salvation. I'm going to say that again. See, and this is a serious part of the armor that has to be put on. See, this armor of truth, now we're going to get to where the real nitty gritty is. In there, the belt of truth that, that, that the word of God is saying that we have to put on his armor is that to know that Jesus is the truth and that he is the one whom God has sent the, to uh, be the savior of the world, to pay that price and that God has accepted that price. And that was uh, solidified and manifested in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In there. Why is this so important? We all know that. Yes, we all know that. This, why it's so important that you have the, uh, the belt of truth on is because there's so many belts of lies out there right now. That there's many ways unto the Father. Jesus ain't the only way. These are lies. And any man that believes in a lie and, stay, and, 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 when, the, and when that day comes, Woe to that man. So it's essential. Even in the days that this is how essential it is that we can't not, we don't have a compromising gospel. Because there ain't going to be no compromise in the day of judgment. God says that he has chosen a way to redeem mankind. Somebody hear what I'm saying? That God says that he, we're talking about the creator of all things, has a way that he's chosen and it's set forth for man to be redeemed. Therefore, that is the way, the only way, unto the Father. So we can't just set up our way or any way, which that's what man wants to do. They want to set up their own way. If I just be more good than I am bad, then that should be good enough for you, God. So instead of accepting God's way, we want to make our own way. That's why the belt of truth, number one, is so important. And we need to put on the armor. Get dressed, my friends. There ain't no compromise in what God is calling us to. And this ain't just speaking to somebody uh, that just came to know him or don't know him. This is speaking to the one, if you've been here for 40 years in the gospel, you need to put on, you for sure need to put on the belt of truth. Because it ain't nothing that we can compromise that truth with. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness guarded the heart of the soldier. And in essence, it was the source of the soldier's life. In similar ways, righteousness protection, uh, excuse me, righteousness protects the spiritual life of the Christian. I'm going to say that again. See, just like the breastplate protected the heart, which is the source of life for the soldier, righteousness spiritually is our source for the Christian's life. Righteousness. 
is the source. It is our protection. It is our source for, our, for life. Our righteousness comes not from ourselves, but from God, or excuse me, or, or from Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, so eloquently says, hear me. Don't get distracted by nothing because this is serious right now, my friend. That your that righteousness is the covering is your breastplate. And, it, and, and, and if your heart ain't pumping, my friend, there ain't no life in you. See, in this breastplate of, uh, of righteousness, righteousness is the breastplate of the Christian's life. It is your source of life. And see, in here is, in your righteousness don't come about how good you are. This righteousness that is being talked about here that is described in Philippians chapter 9, matter of fact, go there with me just for a second. Philippians chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 9. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, and be found in him. Somebody say that. Be found in him. Not having your own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is or which comes from God by faith. See, this righteousness that is your breastplate that protects the, uh, your, your heart, the very source of your life, this righteousness comes from faith in Christ Jesus as it described in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 8, where salvation comes from. And see, understand this, this righteousness here is from God. And what this righteousness is, it ain't the same righteousness that we're thinking of so many times when we hear the word righteousness. No, what this word righteousness means is that you have been made right with God. And the only way that you have been made, not only right today, but you, that you have been made right uh, today, tomorrow, and forevermore with God. That there has a, been a wall of separation that has been removed and you have been put in the right standings with God. And that did not come from your goodness. See, this uh, uh, breastplate of righteousness that God is telling us that we have to put on is an understanding that I am right with God because of the blood of his son. And somebody's saying that's elementary. Yeah, it is elementary, but the problem is is that I don't know what's below elementary because many of us, uh, as we know that to be true, we will continue to walk out as though our righteousness uh, or, or our merits deserve some type of righteousness. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, then let me turn it around. This is the reason why you feel the way that you feel when you ain't right. This is how Satan, the, 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 the great deceiver, the father of lies, this is how he tricks you and, and, and how he compels us to, 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 to a, this place where our light can't shine in there because what, when you fail, he's right there to tell you, see, you messed up. See, you ain't no good. See, you ain't right with God. See, this blessed prayer of righteousness is of the truth. And the blessed prayer of righteousness is the reason why we have to have it because there's going to come a day and a time that we have to withstand some things. Yeah. 
And this withstanding of some things, it comes only in one form. It ain't uh, because of how good we've been, but it's, it's about how much truth that we've received. This is going to set us free today. This is, we need the armor that God is telling, telling us. And not because we intellectually don't know what the armor is. No, this is a spiritual understanding that he wants to deliver to us. And the blessed breastplate of righteousness is that he, you are right with God because of his son. And, that, and it's essential that you know this because there's going to be a day that you have to withstand some things. Hear this. Before we go any further, we need to understand, withstand. See, in verse 13, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil. Withstand when you look it up in the strong concordance, it, it speaks of two words, a, 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 a prefix of anti, which is against, and then the root word is histamine, to cause to stand. The verb, uh, the verb suggests vigorously opposes bravely to re resist. Saying it like this, uh, standing your ground. Uh, let me say it like this, standing face to face against the adversary, but being able to stand your ground. This ain't an offensive thing. This is just being able to withstand some things. See, matter of fact, when you look at the word antihistamine for, for an example, then it, antihistamine tells us that with the, with the authority and the spiritual war, uh, weapons granted to us that we can withstand evil forces. You, uh, uh, antihistamine, you take it so it can stand against the cough. It don't cure the cough, but it stands against it. Some of you from the Midwest can, can relate to what I'm saying. In the other words, if you was born in California, you might not get this. But I'll pray that God will give it to you another way. See, when we, growing, growing up where I grew up at, you know, from the coast of Chicago around the Lake, of Lake Michigan, you know, all the way up to South Haven, Michigan, the wind was, was something else. They call it the hawk, boy. And it didn't play. So we had to get what we call wind breakers, winter coats, and all of this different stuff. And the purpose of the windbreaker or the purpose of the, the winter coat was for us to be able to stand against the hawk. It wasn't to defeat the hawk. It wasn't to come against the hawk. But it was to be able to stand in the midst of the hawk, my friends. And today, God is letting us know that, see, the armor that you need to put on is for you not to be able to, to defeat the enemy. Not because this, oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's for you to be able to stand in the midst or in the presence of the enemy, my friend. In the belt of truth, you're going to need that. The blessed prayer of righteousness, you're going to have to have the right understanding to be able to withstand in the, uh, the midst of, of all of this. You're going to have to know that your rightness to stand it's because of Jesus and not because of yourself. Because the, 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 the deceiver, 
the father of lies is going to come with many lies. Somebody know what I'm talking about because this happens to us all day. And I ain't just saying that it happens to you. I said it happens to us. Somebody say us. All day. He is accuser of the brethren in there. And if, that, if we ain't operating in truth or have the full armor of truth on, then my friend, we're going to be deceived or sucked in or our light is going to be dimmed in some way, shape, fashion, or form. So to withstand, there's going to come a time that you're going to need to have this truth that you are right, because, not because of what you just did or what you just didn't do, but because God, through Christ Jesus, that you are standing in rightness with him and that he is faithful not to change that. Yes. And it ain't based on your faithfulness. It's based on his faithfulness. Yes. Glory be to God. Number three, feet protected by the gospel of peace. See, the soldiers back then, you know, wore heavy armored sandals that gave them traction and security in the heat of the battle. So our peace with God through Jesus Christ gives us security in the face of, the, of Satan's accusations. See, you're going to need this, uh, the feet that's protected by the gospel of peace. It was better uh, said... <coughs> Also said in here, as having the having our uh, shone your foot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is this? You got to understand that our peace has been made. The, it's the same form of the of the righteousness that we are at peace with God because of who? Because of Christ Jesus. That's why we are at peace with God. Because he has made peace with God on your behalf. So do you understand what he's talking about here? This is why you have to get dressed. Somebody say get dressed. And you got to have the armor on, the whole armor of God. Because otherwise you uh, just knowing some of these things, then we'll, we'll think of them one day. And then tomorrow, as soon as the accusation comes, it'll be far from my mind. This is why you got to have the armor on, my friend. So you ain't got to think about it. It's already there. Your protection is already at work. See, God already knew who we was. That's why he said, I, uh, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. Take it all on. You're going to need it, my friends. Because you ain't going to remember to put it on every single day or you ain't going to remember where it is when you need it. Some of us, it'll be hidden under the bed, in the closet somewhere. And some of us, we just, yo, so rambunctious, we ain't going to know where it is. We all over the place. So he says, you know what? Do me a favor, my friend, and do yourself a favor. Put on the whole armor of God. Get dressed and get dressed now. You're going to need to stay dressed, my friends. We got to be dressed, my friends. And this gospel of peace is the peace that Christ made through and for us. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says this about it. 
and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. See, this peace passes your understanding, my friend. But guess what it'll do? It'll guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So this piece, these shoes that you ought to put on, no, you ain't going to understand it. But you better wear it. It behooves you to wear it, my friends. So all of this, and, and, and I get it, because we are so intellectual people that we think that we got to understand everything that God is doing and how he's doing it and all of this different stuff, as though even sometimes as though we got to give him permission to do it. Oh, foolish man. Who has bewitched you? Because we serve the God that's the creator of all things. He is the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last, my friends. And for sure, he is not subject to us. So we ain't always understand everything, but what we need to do is take heed to what he's saying. So no, we may, but what he's trying to do is make it even, he loves us enough that he's trying to give us a little clarity on this whole armor thing, my friend. For us to realize that we can't, we can't just put on the breastplate because that's what we think we need. But I'm gonna leave the shoes off today. He says, no. No soldier entering into battle is, is, is gonna forsake any of his armor. If you know what battle you really in, Look at number four. Number four is the shield of faith. And it's interesting because when you study the, uh, the, the, the history of, of the Roman soldiers and the soldiers back at this time, the, the shield that they had, they would soak it in water to, uh, that, it, that when the, because when the, the, the arrows that was being shot was flaming arrows. It was arrows of fire, my friends. And see, when you study this, they would soak the, 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 the shield in water so when it, it would dis extinguish and put out the, 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 the arrow of fire, the flame. Come on, somebody. But the good news for us, my friend, today is, is that faith in God promised to deflect, de 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 deflect and extinguish the lie of Satan. The fiery darts that come from Satan, the shield of faith is, is a promise by God that it will distinguish them and it will put them out, my friend. Glory be to God. That no lie of the enemy will stand against the, uh, the shield of faith that is to protect us. Come on, somebody. This is good news, my friends. And it's high time that we begin to use all the armor that God has set forth for us to use. And to know the importance of it, that it is the faith that, uh, in God that, that will accomplish these things. Number five, it says the helmet of salvation. The armor or the armored hammer, uh, helmet protects the soldier's brain. Since the primary battlefield of spiritual warfare is the Christian's mind, Assurance of salvation uh, defeats the doubt that Satan will use to attack us. See, the helmet of salvation is real valuable, my friend. Because as far as from a spiritual warfare standpoint, it is the security that comes through 
salvation, the assurance of salvation, is that, we, that, that just as John uh, wrote, that uh, Jesus has spoke of in John chapter 10, verse 28, that though all those that you have given me, Father, none have I lost. And they ain't been, and they can't be. Snatched out of my hands, my friends. See, this is, is an assurance of your salvation. See, we don't feel assured about anything in the natural until, unless we done it. And even the stuff that we done, then we still can get shaken in our boots about it at times. But the only, we don't even have confidence in what somebody else has done for us in the natural. And this is where our fear from a spiritual standpoint comes from. But glory be to God that we're going to cast down every thought and every imagination. Because that is truly exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Our assurance of our salvation is, 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 comes through Christ Jesus and him alone. And the helmet of salvation is the one that protects that. See, we can know that here in this moment. But if you walk out that door and don't have your helmet on, Satan is going to be right there as an, with an accusation that will challenge your salvation, my friend. See, what the helmet of salvation does, it protects you against the accusations of the enemy. There ain't no lie that he can tell you. And it's about high time that we begin to operate with the armor on <coughs> that, is, that, that he sent for. My God. It's essential for us to put on him. As Romans chapter 12 verse 13 says, let us walk properly as in the day, not as in robbery or drunkenness, lewdness or lust, not in strife or envy, but verse 14, then it says, but put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. That's what we can do. But we got to remember what he did. And because of what he did, then yes, then we can put on the Lord Jesus. That we may make no provision. See, when you back up into verse... Uh, 12 of that same chapter of Romans chapter 13 there's a part that says let us put on the armor of light see we have permission to put on the armor of light you can't get this armor of light you can't get this armor period unless you have a reservation so we gotta quit acting like anybody or everybody got access to this armor that gives it, yo, and when you think of it like that, then it becomes to no value to you. But if you understand that you are a part of the heavenly kingdom and that this armor is only distributed to those that have a reservation that has been sealed, uh, saved, sealed, and sanctified by the Holy Ghost, that have access to this. And see, this here changes everything. When we understand the truth about putting the whole armor of God on, and not in some way that just appeals to our flesh. No, this don't appeal to your flesh. This appeals to truth and it glorifies God. See, because what appeals to my flesh is what's going to pump my flesh up to make me feel good about what I've accomplished. No, this tells you your flesh ain't no good, so you better put on this armor because you're going to need it to withstand. Hallelujah. 
There is nothing in your flesh that can withstand the wiles of the enemy. Nothing. But glory be to God that he has given us that which we need. Hallelujah. That we can stand against the wiles of the devil. If you turn your Bibles with me real quick. To first, I mean, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We need to know this. I'm talking about with the full confidence, my friend, not as we didn't heard it, I didn't heard this being ministered many times before, my friends. And it pumped up me in, 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 my, in the fact that I had some armor even. But the truth of the matter is that this armor is essential. It's essential and it's from God and it ain't to, to pump me up, but, but it's to glorify him. And it's for, to protect his light that he's shining unto us and unto us. Hallelujah. That it's essential that we understand that we are in the midst of spiritual warfare. And that we don't be just like I said from the beginning, those that, uh, are, are, that have no knowledge or understanding of, of that there even is a warfare going on. Because those that don't have no knowing of this is the first casualties. These are the ones that we're pulling off the field, my friend. That we must know that there is a spiritual warfare going on. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Somebody say, mighty in God. Somebody say, for. See, they mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience fulfilled. See, the way that we punish disobedience is to fulfill obedience. The only way, let me say it again, the only way we punish disobedience is that obedience be fulfilled in us. So this, uh, and, and see, and this is really key, my friend, to understanding spiritual warfare. Because see, spiritual warfare don't cause you to have to know what the commander knows. It just calls you to have to do what the commander says, my friend. See, some of us that have been into the military, uh, excuse me, I said some of you that have been in the military, you understand the fact that when the commander spoke, then uh, it, it, it didn't require you to get some uh, exhortation on what, the, what, what, what was the task. It was just, it caused you to walk in obedience to what was commanded, knowing that it was essential. And it was a matter of life and death. 
See, this war that we are in, we have a commander, my friends. In the war that we in, matter of fact, you know, let me just say this too, because see, some of us, without understanding all of this, then we think we, we pick our battles or which war we're going we gonna to fight in. Yeah. But, uh, and we'll use the word of God to do it. Having all to, having all to withstand, I'm, I'm standing. But you forgot the other part. The other part says put on the whole armor of God, which don't have nothing to do with you. It just has to all to do to protect you. So it don't have you, uh, for you to pick and choose what war you're going to fight in. No, you put on the armor, just like you do in the military. You put on the armor, and when they say, it's, uh, when they ring your, 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 your battalion and tell you where to go, then you, that's where you're going. See, I remember watching the movie about this. Back in uh, a movie of, that was represented the, 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 the Negro soldiers back in 1941 and 44, 40 and 41. And they wouldn't let them fight. They only let them play baseball. See, because they was good at baseball. But they was ready to go out there and fight. And if they could, they would have picked anything, you know, any battle to fight. But finally it came a day. That they, they got their call. And they say, Caesar, we coming, uh, no, what is it, uh, C uh, not Caesar, um, whatever his name, we coming to get you. Uh -huh. I ain't going to say what the movie said. But they was ready to go. They was ready to go. But it wasn't the battle that they chose. It was one that the commander chose. And today, my friend, that we got to understand that it's about us putting on the armor, my friend, and being ready and prepared that when we get sent on the, the battlefield, that we have everything in place, that we'll be able to stand, we'll be able to withstand. Come on, somebody. See, some of us, we didn't get caught off guard because we've been called to some battles, but we didn't have our arm on. And this is the reason why we didn't fail to the left and fail to the right. But God has said, I'm giving you some information today that if you just walk in obedience, you won't get caught off guard anymore, my friends. Hallelujah. That you will be able to, to have the weapons, uh, the, the mighty weapons of God. And the mighty weapons of God that you will have is for the pulling down of strongholds. Glory be to God. It's not for your regular use. Understand the weapons. See, because if we don't understand that, we'll take the weapons of God and we'll use them for our regular use. So when you say something against me, then I'll be trying to decree and declare something that God ain't said. We got to be careful. We got to be trusted. Trusted. Come on, somebody. This is huge. And number six, as we come, get ready, come to a close here. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only offensive armor that he has given us. And if when you look at the whole picture, let me say this before, 
as the only offensive weapon that, that is given. It's essential that we understand this. That the word of God, when translated the word, word, and translated in English, you know, it, 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 uh, from the Greek, it's, 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 uh, or Greek to, you know, in there, or, or to the Greek, it, 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 it has two meanings. The word was, uh, it had the meaning of logos. And logos is a representation of the fullness of God's word. The whole word of God. The whole Bible. And then the, the second meaning of the word is, is rhema. And see, in rhema, is, 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 uh, think of it like this. Rhema, the, the, the logos is the whole word of God. Rhema is the different scriptures of, of, of the word of God. See, so when, when, when you're talking about the, the, uh, you know, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, this here was specifically talking about the rhema. So, and the rhema here he's talking about is that then now you have many swords that when needed, that you could call upon or pull out of the word of God, much like Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4 when, when the enemy came to him in the, in the desert or in the wilderness and tried to tempt him, then he began to pull the swords of the word of God. Hallelujah. And he began to use them against the enemy and the enemy could not stand against the word of God, my friend. So we have to know the word of God. We have to have the spirit, uh, the, 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 the sword of the spirit. That we, when, when, when need be, when the enemy comes and he tries to speak them lies to you, then you got to be able to bring out a sword from the word, my friends. When he begins to tell you that, see, you ain't no good. Hallelujah. That you'll be able to go to the word and say, you right, I ain't no good, but guess who is good? Hallelujah. I'm in him. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord. Hallelujah. I know who, who, I ain't good, but I know who is good. Hallelujah. See, we have to have the word. And then we, and, and there's a time along this process. Through the process, then much of the time, then we, all we had to do was withstand some things. And he gave us the armor to be able to withstand some things. Hallelujah. It's beautiful when you, see, you'll know the difference when you're standing out there on Lake Michigan. In that hawk. Is hawking. With those that had the, the proper gear on. Boy, they could stand with their chest out. But those that did not have the proper gear on, you see them all balled up, crawling, you know, shrieking upon you and all of these different things, trying to hide from the hawk. And you can't hide from the hawk, my baby. The only thing that you can do with the hawk, you got to be able to withstand the hawk. Hallelujah. See, there's some things about the enemy. We can't hide from the enemy, but boy, if we put on armor, we will be able to stand and we'll stand in the midst of the enemy, my friend. We will be able to stand. Glory be to God. And let us not be deceived. Hallelujah. So the belt of truth we got to know what that is. And we got to be able to have that wrapped with us and never forsaken it. 
Not no, never playing tiddly weeks with it, never compromising it. That Jesus is the one that whom God has chosen, who God has ordained, and who God has sent. Hallelujah. And he is the one that have finished, accomplished with the finished work of Christ Jesus. Is what satisfied God. That's the truth, my friend. And secondly, we got to remember, and we got to always have the breastplate of righteousness that is our source of our spiritual life. And that spiritual source of, the, of our life is knowing the truth that I am right with God, not because I'm good, but because Jesus. I'm serious, and I'm talking about remembering this, that when the enemy comes, see, here's the key. Because a lot of us have a head knowledge of the fact that our righteousness is in Christ. But when the enemy comes, all the head knowledge is, is dispersed. See, this got to be past the head knowledge. This has to be in a place of the heart, and it's got to be protected by the armor. See, that's what, what's in your heart, what's going to come forth first. Because that which is in your mind, when the enemy captures you, you can't even think. So you got to have this deeper than that. And you got to be able to stand. And, and what will stand against him is the truth, knowing the truth that I am righteous because you can't lie to me. My righteousness come through Jesus. You remember him, Satan? Watch him start backtracking. See, but if he can engage you in the conversation, see, if the, and if Jesus ain't the first words that come forth when he comes with his accusations, then he, oh, he got you now. He said, oh, I can take them on a ride. They don't even know uh, what it's, this is all about. Oh, they don't have the breastplate on. Oh, I see it now. And he began to, more accusations, more accusations. You ain't right. See what you did? You messed up. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve that. You can't, you don't. Man, Jesus don't love you that much. You see? And boy, he could begin to take you on a real tangent. And, and that tangent, some of us never are going to come back from. Not fully. Some of us might make it halfway back, but we still ain't fully engaged because we still have a sense of, uh, of our unworthiness. You are unworthy. That was, that was already solved. That's what righteousness overtook. So how now all of a sudden you think you're supposed to have a sense of it? This is real. And it's happening every day in the body of Christ. Every day. And we have been taken by it for one reason and one reason only. We're talking about the cause that he is sending it for is for one reason. It's for your light to stop shining. And so you don't even witness like you used to. God can't even use you to uh, spiritually impart like he used to. Because you realize that your co-worker, they seen what you did. So Satan will tell you, see, you ain't right with God. In that, you see, and now you can't, you can't even be a witness. It's so much to understanding. The blessed prayer of righteousness is not based on you, my friend. It is based on knowing the truth and having it rooted in your heart that will guard you against every lie and the trick of the enemy. It is essential that we have the, uh, the, our foots be shown with the gospel of peace, to know that our peace, that we are at peace with, with God through Christ Jesus, and that Satan can't cast no doubt in that 
or no lie against it. It is essential that we have the shield of faith that will quench every fire dot because he is shooting darts every which way, every form. And if we ain't careful, then we'll, we'll be blindsided by the fiery darts. The helmet of salvation that protects our mindset to, that, to, to know that we have salvation and that salvation is secure in Christ Jesus. And quit believing the lie that, that has been led, we've been led to believe. As though you can lose your salvation because you messed up. When your salvation, if, your, if salvation was based on you, then yeah, you would lose it. But glory be to God that our salvation is not based on us. It's based on the finished work of Christ Jesus and us believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. So thankfully, our spiritual armor is to be used in a war that has already been won. This is good news, my friend. I'm going to say that again. Thankfully, that the armor that he's telling us to put on is to be used in a war that has already been won. Glory be to God. <laughs> it's not to be used or he telling us to put this on to fight a battle or a war that, uh, that we might lose or that ain't already been determined. This is, the fight is fixed, my friend, and we're on the right side. The determination has already been made, so get it. Do you get it? It ain't no reason for us not to put on the armor when we are on the right side. The armor that he's telling us to put on, baby, is because the, uh, the war has already been won. My God. It's just like uh, the story of Napoleon. I don't know if you, some of you remember him. But in his attempt to conquer the kingdoms of the, the known world at that time, he had spread out a map and he was speaking to his uh, lieutenants and he pointed to this certain place on the map, this, this dot that was red. And he said to them, sirs, were it not for this red spot, I could conquer the world. And the spot which he pointed to was the British Isles is, is the spot that he's pointed to. The very nation that Napoleon had met at Waterloo and was defeated by uh, a league of, uh, or a group of nations. There is no doubt when Satan talks to his little imps about the, uh, conquering the world that he says some of the same things about the red hilltop on Calvary's mountain, come on somebody, where Christ Jesus' blood was spilled. If it were not for this little red spot, Satan says, I could rule the world. Hallelujah. But glory be to God that the red spot that was made that makes all the difference in our spiritual battle. We do not have to live in fear of the devil. We need only the spiritual uh, battle that which we have been called. We need only to engage in the spiritual battle that we've been called to. Nothing else. Aware of the reality and armed with the truth that the ultimate victory against Satan has already been achieved. And he know it. Therefore, right now, in this very moment, my friends, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. 
See, that's what makes us more than a conqueror. We didn't took more than a conqueror when we want to try to make it to every natural part of our lives. In order for us to pump up ourselves to feel good about ourselves. But the truth of the matter is the reason why you're more than a conqueror is because Satan has already been defeated. And, it has, it, that, and that's a spiritual warfare. It has nothing to do with your natural. But glory be to God. Or let me tell you how it links to the natural. See, we got to stop using the word of God out of context and take it for what it is. We are more than conquerors because there's a spiritual warfare that's going on and the enemy has already been defeated. And because he's already been defeated, and the fact of the matter is, is that as we put on the whole armor of God and as we see the picture is that God has given us a time such as this, from this day moving forward until the time he comes, sends Jesus back or he calls you home, my friend, to be the soldier on the battlefield, to walk in the way that he's called us to walk, that your light may shine. And in that, being the conqueror that you are spiritually, then it gives you precedence on your, the rest of your days here, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. That, it, that just like he said, that if I feed the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley, how much more will I take care of you? See, that's where it appeals to us. Quit calling more than the conqueror in the natural and you never see it in the spirit. And if you only can call it in the, in the natural, if you see it in the spirit. We got to stop it and know what the truth is. And I know that appeals so much to our flesh that it's hard to overcome. I get it. But if you don't go down the road the right way, then you driving down the one way, the wrong way, my friend. You're in danger. It's just what the truth of the matter is. We are more than conquerors because Christ Jesus has, in the spirit, defeated the enemy. And yes, the war has to be fought. But guess what? We are on the team that already won it. So it ain't no fear in walking on the battlefield. Let us stop fearing the enemy on the battlefield when we know that we already won the war. Why are we shaking in our boots with every move of the enemy when he ain't, can't destroy you? He only trying to distract you anyway. My God. Please. Today is the day that God is calling us past the foolishness and calling us to a place of understanding, my friend. And this ain't a bad thing. This is good thing. This is good news. It's good news to be able to say that our spiritual armor is to be used in a war that has already been won. Man, that's comforting to know that the armor that he's given me to use, Pastor Ray, is because of our, it's used in a winning battle that's already done. This is why we sing the song, Victory Belongs to Jesus. And it ain't because we gave it to him. It ain't because you acknowledged it. it because, it's because it is his, my friend. And thank God that we have been enlightened to the fact that it does belong to him, that we can see, man, that's his. He got it. I see who got the victory. And thank God that we can see who got the victory. That we may be able to say victory belongs to Jesus. Glory be to God. 
Ain't God all right? He loves us with an everlasting love. So please, do not forsake what God has, has given us on today to be used in any other way. But to know that every time that, that Paul, as, as he talked about the different classes of spiritual warfare and, and being, that every time it was re, reaffirmed with, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But it's against principalities, it's against powers that's above us. It's a spiritual warfare, my friend. And we need to understand that today. It was used, this word was used six times in this little passage right here. You got to think of it like this. Against. We wrestle not against. Think of it like this, you know, like the, the uh, uh, rowing a boat. And you rowing the boat, you know, trying to develop a current that will propel you in a certain direction. Well, you have the enemy that is trying to bring the current against that which, how you rowing it, in order to stifle you or to hold up your progress in that, uh, in that progression. And it's the same thing that if we look at uh, people, which is flesh and blood, they may persecute us, they may betray us, they may hurt us as children of the Most High God, but Christians must never forget that the real battle, my friend, is against the enemy, Satan himself. He is the one who brings evil into their lives and tempts them into sin. Believers who view other people as the enemy will not be able to fight the true fight. We got to stop looking at the people that Satan uses. Because guess what? Them same people that we're looking at, the same users, if you look deep in the mirror, you one of them too. At times. Satan will tempt us with evil. He will do all of these things in order to provoke us to do something against somebody else. But we got to know it ain't the person. And give credence to where the real credence needs to be given. And the only place where change can come, and that is to the enemy. And that can only be fought in the spirit, not against flesh and blood. So we got to stop fighting against one another and begin to love one another as he has said. Amen.